Field Days is all about showcasing the best and brightest in New Zealand farming. So at last week's Mystery Creek Muster, we interviewed a handful of inspiring dairy farmers live at our stand in the pavilion. These live podcasts are a bit different to our usual style, but we hope you enjoy these bite-sized conversations. In this episode, you'll hear from Dana Rowe, a Bay of Plenty farm manager who feels strongly about the need to shape up our dairy workplaces. Hello everyone and welcome to the Dairy NZ stand at the 2022 Mystery Creek Field Days. This is another live episode of the Talking Dairy podcast. My name is Ben Chapman-Smith, I'm the host of Talking Dairy and joining me is Bay of Plenty farm manager Dana Rowe who is on a mission to make dairy farming the best workplace, starting with her own. She's a strong supporter of Dairy NZ's Great Futures and Dairying Plan created to help solve the labour shortage problem. Dana believes that we need to shape up our workplaces to stay competitive with other sectors. So we're going to chat with Dana about her approach to supporting her team, career development, work-life balance, things like that. So let's get into it. Dana, thanks very much for joining us. Really appreciate it. No worries. Tell us where you're farming and uh, how long you've been in your current role. I've been managing the farm. This is my second season. I'm out in Pongakawa Bay of Plenty. Yeah, it's like a 286-hectare farm, soft, very soft, swampy peatland, which has been an absolute treat this winter. Um, <laughs> I've got 920 Kiwicross dairy cows on the farm. Yeah. And your team? My team, there's a team of four of us, including myself, and Halter is sort of that fifth support person. Tell us how you ended up in dairy farming, because I know you grew up on the land, but possibly farming wasn't your first love? No. So I grew up on the farm that I now manage, um, and I loved the farm, and I loved spending time with my dad out on the farm, but... um, I was a drama queen and <laughs> and I did ballet since I was like three years old. So I ended up going down to university in Wellington to do an acting degree. Basically, dad just got sick of me crying every time I tried to leave the farm and go back to university. And he was like, for God's sakes, our worker, our contract milker needs um, someone to sort of spray weeds and milk cows over summer. I've got you a job. <laughs> I was like, sweet as, and then I'm going back to university to become an actress, and that sort of didn't end up (laughs) happening. I um, fell in love with the farm and stayed there, and yeah, I've gone overseas and done a few things here and there since, but um, now I'm full-time managing and looking at contract milking the farm with my partner next season. Awesome. When you say you fell in love with the, the farm, were there any particular aspects of it that you loved? Was it working with the animals? Was it pasture management? It was definitely... Being outside, um, not being in a concrete jungle, working with animals and less people. (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, I've grown up with all those animals. My friends were my pet sheep and stuff in the paddock by the house, so that felt very comfortable and natural for me, which I didn't know that I'd sort of built that relationship with the industry just from growing up in it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it was awesome. So onto this topic of attracting and retaining staff. In the Great Futures and Dairying Plan, one of the focus areas is shape up, meaning we need to shape up our workplaces to stay competitive with other sectors. What does that mean to you and why do you feel so strongly about this need for us to lift our game? 
I think the field days is a really cool expression of um, the industry shaping up. It's been really cool, like, going around and seeing all the different technology and stuff. But I think what DRNZ's doing with this Shape Up program is awesome. I mean, we know what we want from the government. We know what we want from people outside of our industry to support us and lift us up. But what everyone struggles with, regardless of it, it's in the dairy industry or not, is looking within and going, what do I need to be doing to shape up? And there's always something that we can also be doing. So I think that's where the dairy industry could perhaps be a little bit behind. There is still a lot of reluctancy against using this technology and and shaping up our farms and becoming more flexible workplaces, things like that. So I think it's really cool that is sort of starting the conversation with farmers that are shaping up and are being a bit more flexible and seeing how can we make our industry more desirable, especially to young people like myself that are growing up in a world where it's fast-paced and technology and always moving. We can't stay behind in the dinosaur ages. We've got to move with it or else we're not going to encourage these people into the industry. Talk to us a little bit about your management style that you're developing. What kind of strategies do you use to foster a good work-life balance on your farm, you know, for you and for the team? Yeah, I'm very lucky. I manage my family farm and my dad's always been like, work-life balance is important. He's never been a break on any of my ideas of how to change and evolve that. So since I've been managing, we've gone flexible milking. So we're now 10 milkings in seven days, which means every second day, Milking isn't till 9am and it's once a day. (laughs) Um, So, you know, that gives us more time to do work on the farm and get other stuff done and it also combats the fatigue of farmers waking up at 4.30 every morning. It also means that on the weekends when you are working, it's only a once a day milking again and those start at 10am. So you're not really losing a weekend. We've still got space for myself and my staff to have their own personal time on their weekends when they are working. We run a 11 and 3 roster, so every second weekend you get three days off. One of those is a weekday, which gives you time to get your stuff done. And then the other two is sort of playtime, which um, my staff really like rather than spreading them out. They're really enjoying having a big chunk where they can decide to leave town or go do something for that weekend. I guess we've also got a lot of technology on our farm. We've got Holter, ProTrack, quite an advanced shed with like automatic cut removers, automatic teat sprays and stuff like that. So we've got really only ever one person in shed and now with Holter we don't have somebody having to run around and chase cows and things like that. So there's a lot more time for people to get stuck into other jobs on the farm than just the monotonous everyday stuff which, yeah, we're seeing people quite enjoy because we are sort of growing up with shorter and shorter attention spans, (laughs) so it's it's good to be able to vary their day. Yeah. The 10 and 7 milking thing's interesting. Did you trial that before you shifted to it? I'm not sure who did it. It might have been Dairy and Zed, but early last year there was a whole heap of um, field days about it, people talking about flexible milking, and... um, that was that was wicked. I know a lot of people in my area just bit the bullet after that. They'd done some good research. They'd shown that compared to going once a day, it was only going to be like a 
5% milk loss, which I know not everyone's into the word milk loss at all, but for us, the gains that we've had from it is like our animal health has been so much better. We've gained so much more weight in such an average season. My cows are looking the best that they've ever looked on the farm. So there has been positives and, again, on the side of my team and, and the mental health side of that and flexibility to do what you want, it was sort of a no-brainer for me. <laughs> cool, cool. I, I sort of asked that because we've, we've had quite a few – We've had two or three podcasts about flexible milking, and it's mm. yeah, it's a really interesting area. I listened area. to your one the other day. Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> yeah, cool. What are your top tips for shaping up a workplace? You know, what have you done apart, apart from the things that you've already mentioned? Mm. Yeah, just just to create a workplace that people are attracted to and want to stay in. I think I think it's really about being approachable. If your team don't feel like they can approach you and communicate with you, you're just going to be on the back foot the whole time. Um, not everyone, again, I, it sounds like I'm crapping on my own, like, age group, but <laughs> we're brought up in the participation certificate world. Like, we like some warm fuzzies. So um, <laughs> if you want to attract us young people, you're going to have to give us some warm fuzzies and tell us that we're doing a good job. Um, and I, I've had to learn that because I'm a bit of a straight up and down kind of person. And And so, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing, just, like, giving your staff an opportunity, if it's a team meeting, opening that team meeting up so that you are not the only one speaking but encouraging ideas. And they probably won't speak that much for the first few, but then once they know that, like, you're going to start the meeting talking to them first and they're going to lead it and then you're just going to bring up the rear with anything else they haven't brought up, they will start coming with ideas, they will start learning to talk and then they learn to sort of communicate with each other outside of me and all of a sudden I'm not even the middleman in anything anymore and they're just sorting stuff out by themselves. So definitely open communication is a great way to shape up and, and just showing that you care and you listen and things like that. And I, I won't pretend that it's easy. Like you go into a plan and you're like, I know what I want to do today. I know how I want it done or I know how I like this job done. But um, especially for me, I've only worked on two different farms so hearing my team and hearing their experience from the seven other farms that they've been on is actually really valuable so making sure that you do listen and digest what they're saying and and think about how how they feel or how they think something can be done could be implemented giving them space to give it a go and think for themselves hey what do you like to do to get off the farm and unwind a bit well, my partner Sam just actually got me a custom-made surfboard, so we like to go surfing, spending heaps of time outdoors. I also dance a few nights a week in the mount, which is good for my mental health and my social life. Great fun way to get active because I don't really need to be pumping iron at the gym when I'm on the dairy farm. But yeah, spending time with my partner, spending time with my family that isn't just talking about the farm, doing something physical and outdoorsy. I'm pretty sure most dairy farmers have some level of ADHD in them, so we're usually active relaxers. <laughs> we don't get up at 4.30 for no reason. <laughs> nice. Finally, Dana, what are your goals? What are the next steps for you and where do you see yourself in maybe five years from now? One of my biggest like, current goals is that my partner and I are starting to figure out what contract milking would be like and what our options are there. We're in a pretty sweet position where 
um, it is for my parents. And so we can sort of not do things as traditionally as other people, which I know not everybody has the privilege of doing, but we're very lucky that that's sort of what we're hashing out at the moment. And I think our goals personally for the next five years are to retire my family and, and be running the farm on our own. I, I would be really excited to see at least one of my staff in the next five years go on to manage another farm. I think that's cool. a really cool goal that would show me that I've sort of learnt my management and I've learnt how to pass that on to somebody. My partner Sam's very good at that, so I'm hoping him coming on board to the farm will help out with that a lot, but yeah. Hey, Dana, thanks so much. I re- really, really appreciate you stopping by here and giving up your time. And I hope you have a great day, field yeah. days. It's and, awesome, uh, sunshine. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> thanks so much. And, and thanks, Sam, too, for popping on by. Appreciate it. Thanks for tuning into Talking Dairy. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you'd like to check out more of our podcasts, go to dairynz.co.nz forward slash podcast or find us on your favourite podcast platforms. Catch you next time.